Welcome to this episode of the Future Champions podcast, Five Quotes. My name is Stuart Taylor, and in this episode, I share five quotes from the Michelle Obama's best-selling book, Becoming. Five quotes that really spoke to me while reading her book. Michelle Obama is highly regarded as the former First Lady of the United States of America. This book recounts her journey as a young African-American growing up in Chicago to becoming one of the most powerfully inspiring people on the planet. Becoming is an incredible book about a remarkable journey and a beautiful soul. The first quote I have chosen is about failure. Failure is a feeling long before it becomes an actual result. It's vulnerability that breeds with self-doubt and then is escalated, often deliberately by fear. These words jumped out of the page when I first read them. After weeks of contemplating these words, I finally landed on this thought. There is a type of failure that comes without warning. We try and we fail. At that point in time, we have given it our best and fallen short. And that's okay. Then there are other times where we are good enough. Our time is right and success is ready for the taking. But before we even have a chance to succeed, the doubt in our own mind betrays us. And without understanding what we are doing, our mind has already decided we will fail, even before we have the opportunity to try. And then when we do fail, it affirms what we knew to be true. We were not good enough. That is why the fear of failure is much more dangerous than failure itself. I thought about doing this podcast for years before I did it. The biggest obstacle to me putting my ideas into reality was fear. What if people didn't like it? What if I failed? The fear of failure paralyzed me from action, from doing. Thinking about your life, when does fear invade your thoughts and prevent you from doing something? Or maybe it doesn't stop you from doing it, but rather stop you from doing it to the level that you are capable of. But now that you understand this, perhaps if you remember the words, fear is a feeling long before it is a result, the next time you start having these thoughts, you can check yourself and reframe these words to fear of failure is much more dangerous than failure itself. Then practice believing that you can before you do. The next quote captured a moment in Michelle's childhood. It is when she attended her first piano recital organized by her aunt Robbie, who was her piano teacher. I love this story because it captured some powerful concepts. The first is that moment in a young person's life when they realize that their lives, family and community are not perfect. Despite this, there is a comfort and happiness in that imperfection. It is that imperfection that we rely on to center our own lives. The second is something that we tend to miss while we are in the middle of it and often only realize it years later. That is how we perceive the teachers, coaches, managers, mentors, and parents in our lives. Sometimes we think that they don't see our value, that they are out to get us, that they do not care. But when we hit hard times, 
And when we are facing an adversity that we believe is beyond our capacity, it is often these people who are there to help confront and conquer that adversity. I don't recall who played in what order that day. I only know that when it was my turn, I got up from my seat and walked with my very best posture to the front of the room, mounting the stairs and finding my seat at one of the gleaming baby grands. The truth is, I was ready. As much as I found Robbie to be snippy and inflexible, I'd also internalize her devotion to rigor. I knew my song so well, I hardly had to think about it. I just had to start moving my hands. And yet, there was a problem. One I discovered in the split second it took to lift my little fingers to the keys. I was sitting at a perfect piano, it turned out. With its surfaces carefully dusted, its internal wires precisely tuned, its 88 keys laid out in a flawless ribbon of black and white. The issue was that I wasn't used to flawless. In fact, I'd never once in my life encountered it. My experience of the piano came entirely from Robbie's squat little music room with its scraggly potted plant and view of our modest backyard. The only instrument I'd ever played was her less than perfect upright with its honky-tonk patchwork of yellowed keys and its conveniently chipped middle C. To me, that's what a piano was. The same way my neighborhood was my neighborhood, my dad was my dad, my life was my life. It was all I knew. Now suddenly, I was aware of people watching me from their chairs as I stared hard at the high gloss of the piano keys, finding nothing there but sameness. I had no clue where to place my hands. With a tight throat and chugging heart, I looked out to the audience, trying not to telegraph my panic, searching for the safe harbor of my mother's face. Instead, I spotted a figure rising from the front row and slowly levitating in my direction. It was Robbie. We had brawled plenty by then, to the point where I viewed her a little bit like an enemy. But here, in my moment of comeuppance, she arrived at my shoulder, almost like an angel. Maybe she understood my shock. Maybe she knew the disparities of the world had just quietly shown themselves to me for the first time. It's possible she needed simply to hurry things up. Either way, without a word, Robbie gently laid one finger on middle C so that I would know where to start. Then turning back with the smallest smile of encouragement, she left me to play my song. As a young child, our family was poor. We often struggled to make ends meet each and every day. My mum wanted the absolute best for her children and would sacrifice things in her own life to ensure that her children were cared for. In year three of primary school, I remember my mum finding old pool lining from an above ground pool. She spent countless hours cutting the lino into shape and sewing a school bag together. She put her heart and soul into this school bag and then presented it to me the day before school started for the year. My response to her incredible gift 
was heartbreakingly ungrateful. Rather than focus on the love that went into creating that one-of-a-kind knapsack, I focused on what my classmates would say, fearful that I would be ridiculed for another example of being poor, and I let my mum know how upset I was. Why can't we just buy a bag from the shop like all the other kids? It was insensitive, uncaring, and looking back now, I could not imagine how painful my comments were and how they would have really hurt my mother. As an adult, I now understand that my values were out of balance, that I was measuring the wrong things. I guess that is why these words from Michelle Obama really spoke to me. Growing up, I wish I could have measured the warmth. If I did, I would know that we were the richest family in our community, not the poorest. When I was a girl, I had vague ideas about how my life could be better. I'd go over to play at the Gore sisters' house and envy their space, the fact that their family had a whole house to themselves. I thought it would mean something if my family could afford a nicer car. I couldn't help but notice who among my friends had more bracelets or Barbies than I did, or who got to buy their clothes at the mall instead of having a mom who sewed everything on the cheap using butterick patterns at home. As a kid, you learn to measure long before you understand the size or value of anything. Eventually, if you're lucky, you learn that you've been measuring all wrong. Life was better always when we could measure the warmth. I love this take on confidence. It is a truth spoken about a real life. And I really like that. I was humbled and excited to be First Lady, but not for one second did I think I'd be sliding into some glamorous easy role. Nobody who has the words first and black attached to them ever would. I stood at the foot of the mountain, knowing I'd need to climb my way into favor. For me, it revived an old internal call and response one that tracked all the way back to high school when I'd shown up at Winnie Young and found myself suddenly gripped by doubt. Confidence, I'd learned then, sometimes needs to be called from within. I've repeated the same words to myself many times now through many climbs. Am I good enough? Yes, I am. The last quote I've chosen for this episode is my favorite. In a world of social media and online anger, I found these words so empowering. It is hard to hate up close. I love that. I guess it also speaks to the larger truth that there is a power in coming face to face with your problems, not hiding from them, not ignoring them, but boldly meeting each obstacle head on. At public events, I focused on making personal connections with the people I met in small groups and in crowds of thousands, in backstage chats and harried rope lines. When voters got to see me as a person, they understood that the caricatures were untrue. I've learned that it's harder to hate up close. I have learned so much about my life and about myself from Reading Becoming by Michelle Obama. 
The greatest of these lessons for me is reflected in these simple words. I had nothing or I had everything. It depends on which way you want to tell it. Thank you for joining me in this episode of the Future Champions podcast. You can listen to this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts and Pocket Cast. Visit our Facebook and Instagram pages by searching for the Future Champions podcast. My name is Stuart Taylor. Stay safe.